0: Huffing and puffing on a morning walk, nice and chilly. And um, I read a post this morning by the holistic psychologist who I really love and admire. She has an online healing circle. If you can ever get into it, that's really worth it. But don't do it unless you have time to do the work that she lays out. And she just put out a book called Doing the Work. And her post this morning on Instagram was her on the beach grounding herself and talking about how terrified it was and is to reveal so much of herself in her book. And now that the book came out, it sort of all came crashing down on her. And she's had other reports about what we could call trolls, people coming after her, accusing her of being a cult leader, and oh, I don't know, all sorts of things, which I've experienced on a very minor level compared to someone like her who is a giant public figure. But it really struck a chord in me of this balance between becoming vulnerable, showing ourselves, and being able to withstand the reaction to that, as opposed to if you're being a fake person and someone hates you, so what? They just hate your fake self that you put out there to people please or cope or get along with in the world. I know a few students who have gotten to know me a little bit better, or so they thought anyway, some of them turned into rather vicious critics um, to my face, critiquing how I teach, what I know, etc. Not colleagues, by the way, who have a similar education, training, background, talents, gifts, etc. But just folks, kind of like if you were a mother and your five-year-old neighbor's child came after you about being a terrible mother. On the one hand, it's very disturbing. And on the other hand, you have to wonder, what does a five-year-old know (laughs) other than they don't like you and they're trying to hurt you with comments? I do remember one time I was getting after my neighbor's kids for being drunk and puking on my lawn. And one of them looked at me really intensely and he goes, You're ugly. And then he waited to see if it worked, like if he hurt me. And it was just so shocking to see such vehemence. Someone so young who had learned to find what they thought might be soft spots in someone else and use them for the pure purpose of either keeping themselves safe or maybe the fun of causing harm or maybe both there's a lot of people out there like that <sighs> and how do we be an authentic person okay yeah, yeah. We'll see if it, she's been attacked before, so. Oh, yes. Yeah, no worries. There we go. Encounter with a Rhodesian Ridgeback. They were bred for killing lions, so I had to pick up my little Pia. Are you guys going on, or what? Yeah, we're just suggesting his leash. His leash came Come here, P. Good girl. So, I've always been pretty idealistic. My brother used to tell me that I was like a golden retriever, a big dog. I'd go up to everybody expecting them to love dogs and pat me on the head and give me a milk loan, and I had some very hard lessons to learn about that, about being political and cautious, and take a wait-and-see attitude about how much to reveal of myself, when, under what circumstances, etc. Still a work in progress. Oh, what happened? Okay, come on. Good girl good girl yeah so being authentic and open and honest being yourself it takes a tremendous amount of strength and courage because we cannot control people's reactions and yes there is a question of appropriateness which I had to learn, like, not everybody at my job as a professor was my best friend, etc. And that always offering to help usually meant people would always take that help with absolutely no thought of friendship or concern or anything, just like, why not? Like being like a water fountain, take a drink and leave. Becoming your authentic self then has a lot to do with what fulfills you in your lifestyle. There's many models of this. Just like in a relationship, people say, what's a healthy relationship? You can have an open relationship. You can have a monogamous relationship. You can have friends with benefit relationship for decades. And it can work. So it's personal. And personal meaning our work is to find out, is it self-care or self-neglect or self-abuse? Are we being honest with ourselves, saying, yes, it's working? Or are we lying to ourselves, saying, yes, it's working because we want it to work? And really, internally, we're paying a big price. So choosing... To be authentic and real and honest, etc., to what degree and with whom, is not only a personal choice, it is an ever-changing choice. For example, you may decide to stop tiptoeing on eggshells around some of your relatives, and they lash out. Well, you may change your mind then and go, I'm never doing that again, (laughs) and that's okay, and it doesn't mean you did anything wrong. If anything, it means you are so courageous that you took a shot. You would rather see the world open, honest, and connected, and were willing to try that model out on some people, and it didn't work, and that's part of life also, learning, making mistakes. So we try our different choices and don't beat ourselves up when we make a mistake. Yes, cry, vent, might beat yourself up for a little bit. That's okay, but then time to move on to self-care and part of self-care means reframing what happened into learning instead of it was a mistake. That's a step a lot of people often miss. If it isn't fun, if it doesn't feel good, you're learning. And sometimes when it's fun, it feels good. You're still learning and remembering to reframe experiences into learning is so grounding and so healing and gives you so much freedom to live your life. This is why when we get into recovery work and you're finding out you have a wounded inner child or you never learned how to have feelings or you could never get angry or you weren't allowed to do anything emotional, that recovery work needs to go really slow. It's like building a house. You have to put in a really strong foundation so it can support the stories on top of the foundation and the roof on top of the foundation. The foundation is weak. In other words, if you're faking your healing, saying you're doing better than you really actually feel like you're doing, you run into a danger of a collapse. Presenting at 12-step meetings or presenting well to your teacher, your therapist, your healer, that's building your foundation on shaky ground. Meaning, you're trying to impress the wrong people. Impressing a boss, you might need to do that. Impressing colleagues so they get off your back, you might need to do that. Impressing your parents so they stop annoying you or threatening you or uh, whatever other dependents you might currently have on them. But the people who are in your healing circle, those are the ones you do not want to impress. Those are the ones where you want to check out your foundation. I did this the other day, and I thought I was doing so well. And then when I went home, I realized I was manipulating everybody. That's what you want to bring to your healing circle. And in that healing circle, what you will also experience then is people accepting you for who you are. All your flaws, all your mistakes, all your idiosyncrasies, as well as all your great stuff. So you get an experience of being fully accepted even when the worst of you is brought to light. And that experience is very healing and absolutely necessary. And you can't expect to get that from mainstream. In other words, people not in recovery. They don't do this kind of work. Once in a while, you get lucky, you have an incredible grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, someone who is actually naturally like that. But I wouldn't count on that as a given. Whereas in a healing circle, it's a given. And even if you blow up relationships in healing circles, everybody understands that's part of healing, It's blowing stuff up. Sometimes it gets repaired, sometimes it's for good. But it's in a, we could say, contained environment, an environment where this is expected to happen. Wanting to live authentically and honestly, actually starts with you and your daily life. In order to do self-care, you have to be brutally, in some cases, honest with yourself. I hate sex with my spouse. I love having a passive relationship with someone else so I can control everything. I like to keep secrets because it makes me feel more powerful more in control that's where you have to start whether or not you tell anybody else other than your higher power is irrelevant because hello if you don't know that material there's nothing to share if you don't know that material You can't do self-care and in the beginning what's going to happen is rough first of all it's rough being really honest and saying this is how I feel and those feelings might be right now you might find the next day they're different you might find out no it's true and it's been true for years I've been lying to myself for years right there hard painful scary definitely why am I saying all that instead of saying, oh, you'll get through, it'll be great. If I'm hiking a mountain trail, I want someone to tell me that it's going to be slippy slidy rocks, small ledges, cliffs, etc., rather than telling me, oh, don't worry, you'll be fine, and then I'm not prepared. If I know it's going to be hard, I can prepare for it, and then take it on like a challenge. When we're honest with ourselves, things start to change very rapidly your honesty about a relationship might mean that a week later you finally decide yes I do like having a passive partner so I can be in control and they don't bother me and make any demands on me and yet I have someone to come home to kind of like having a dog and that's where I'm at right now nothing wrong with that maybe the partner Wants to be in that position for now. Now, though, you will stop criticizing your partner for doing other things that maybe he or she can't do or won't do as a passive partner. You start to realize the limits as well as the benefits of the relationship. And of course, that's for now, it will change. The biggest angst I find people getting into when they have had enough of pain and suffering inside, and they start to get honest, and they start to learn self-care, is they see everything as a mistake. I did this. I thought it was honest. It didn't work. I blew this up. I blew that up. I'm a horrible person the alternative to that is living with self-induced pain hypocrisy and usually as a result immune diseases autoimmune diseases from repressing everything when you start this journey you are between a rock and a hard place you feel everything you do is a mistake Which it probably is, because as you watch a toddler learn to walk, everything they do is a mistake. And then they take one step, and people make a feature film about their kid taking one step. After a while, they take two steps, three steps, and they're running. You're a toddler when you start this off, and you're going to fall down and go boom a lot. And the old programming will probably kick in. I screwed up again. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm not worth it. I hurt too many people. I'll never figure this out. These are all normal. Even though they're uncomfortable, they are very normal reactions. And for most people, maybe not everybody, though I haven't met an exception yet, you need a healing circle. You need a healer, a teacher, a therapist. You need someone for that stage because you can spiral down really quickly. After all, if you've never done it before, how do you know it's right? A baby taking a step and everybody cheering, that baby's gonna go, this is a good thing, look what happens, yay! Now if it didn't have the cheering, that baby will learn to walk. It'll be probably a longer process. What happened, Pia? Did you get stuck on something? Good girl. Good. Well, they'll learn to walk. They might learn to walk a little funny. They might also learn that when they accomplish something, no big deal. No changes, no pleasure, no satisfaction. And that might change their whole attitude towards self-motivation. It could change a lot of other things as well. So in other words, yes you can do healing work alone. It's gonna be quite different though. And I think take longer. And ultimately, it still will not solve the problem of you being able to be an authentic person and then making mature self-care decisions on how much of yourself you wanna reveal to others, how you wanna handle work relationships versus love relationships versus family relationships. When we first start to get honest with ourselves, especially if you're in a career where you are supposed to look a certain way, this tends to be new age people, therapists, sometimes even artists. You know, someone's a really cool artist and the image is, you know, independent, sexually free, et cetera. And you might be very conservative and want a monogamous relationship and. You have a rigid work schedule that no one knows about, so it's like you go to work every day. You don't just do art when you feel like it because you're actually paying rent, etc. And you will hide that. When you have a public veneer, it's very hard to allow that veneer to be cracked because usually you will either be disregarded or disrespected or even attacked. One of the reasons I love studying with my teacher, I study with a channeled spirit and a human. And the human has made mistakes, has done things that involve a lot of learning. And we all got to see it. And the great news was there was no hiding. In other words, there was no secret harem of women and no drugs going on, no money stuff going on, which you hear about with so many spiritual teachers when they eventually get busted and it turns out to be a cult. But the more important thing to me was watching him recover from his choices. And he got attacked, severely attacked, viciously attacked not just criticize. And watching him come back from that, and this has been over a period of close to 40 years now, well, 38, something like that. That modeling gave me the strength to recover from my mistakes, my learnings that at first felt like my mistakes. And in some cases were mistakes, and yes, I can say, I was doing the best that I could with what I knew at the time, you know, wonderful New Age slogan, But emotionally, (laughs) it didn't feel like that at all. just felt like I was an idiot. I fell off the roof again. Healing, to me, is not about getting it perfect. Healing is about being incredibly resilient. Healing is about Detachment, meaning I feel everything, I cry, I laugh, I get mad, but it doesn't own me. It doesn't become my predominant emotion for the next years, maybe a day, maybe even a couple of weeks on and off. That's normal. That's detachment. Healing is also about being so sure of who I am, so comfortable the most part with who i am that it becomes easier and easier to make decisions such as this person is not healthy therefore i'm not going to reveal anything of myself to them this person is trustworthy therefore i'm going to slowly take baby steps in trusting them before healing occurs very often what happens to make all of this worse That's a dog, P. Is our wounded self acts as our intuitive self. Because it is our intuitive self from childhood. Or if you were a prisoner of war or you grew up in a war zone, your intuition was shaped by extreme circumstances. When that's happening... I will choose someone who's completely untrustworthy, and my intuition will say, Oh, I can trust this person. Then it turns out, of course, I cannot, because it was my wounded intuition, my wounded self, that made that choice, but I didn't know it. Myself, I was born a pain magnet. And I have always been attracted to anything, anyone, any creature, any rock, tree, or vortex that is suffering. I am instantly drawn to them. (laughs) It's better now. It might be part of who I am and what I'm meant to do in this life. is to be a pain magnet. But it no longer owns me. I own it. And I work with it. When you're being led by your wounded self, what happens is you lose more and more trust in yourself. I picked the wrong person to open up to again. I picked the wrong person to trust again. What's wrong with me? Now, becoming authentic and honest with yourself usually is a big, convoluted, messy knot. Meaning, in the beginning, you can't tell if it's your wounded self or your recovering self making choices. The good news about how hard this is, is it forces you into really extreme thinking and choosing good self-care. Which will also be messy. during this stage of beginning to wake up when you find out wow, i have a wounded cell and that's the one that always picks the alcoholic the drug addict the manipulative victim who cries they're in pain that's my old hook i don't trust myself i don't trust spirit at that point that's what i always do is this wrong choice then when i make a right choice I don't know if it's right I don't know if it's better it's really good at this point to have a cheering section of some kind or a role model at the very least why it's hard to live through this at least it was for me it's hard to live through this not knowing if I was getting better or worse better meaning was this better self-care, or was I doing more of the old same stuff to check out, suppress my pain, not feel stuff, or take care of my feelings by taking care of someone else instead? Good morning! I know I wouldn't have made it through this phase without my sponsor from Adult Children of Alcoholics and children from dysfunctional families, and at that stage of transition, I spoke to my sponsor every day for a year, and then after that as well, and I went to meetings. I needed a lot of community around me that had recovery under their belt, that were doing things differently, that had been through the phase I had already been through, I needed them as signposts, I needed them as encouragement, as a way to help me survive that stage of nothing's working, everything's a mistake, I can't do this, I don't even know what's right or wrong. and. I say right or wrong, because that's how the brain tends to think of things in the beginning, especially right and wrong, rather than that worked, that didn't work in this situation. You know, I tell the story of recovery in five chapters. My students have heard it a million times. I think I've said it on one other podcast the fifth chapter is we walk down a different street and everybody thinks that's the end of the story but actually that is the beginning of the story that's when it gets really hard because on that street you are a stranger you have no signposts no directions no landmarks you don't even know what country you're in you don't even know what gravity field you're on getting community, or at least a few people around you, as you begin to discover who you really are, and once you discover, by the way, who you really are, you will be doing that over and over for the rest of your life, because who we really are shifts. Some things don't shift. My pain magnet energy doesn't go away. It's just my relationship to it is completely different, and it's not perfect. But a lot of other things really change like you find out you have a temper, you find out you really are a very funny person, etc. Becoming an authentic person is a lifestyle change. Living an authentic honest life its a lifestyle change. There's no rush you're not strong enough to do it quickly. Try to go fast as if going fast, usually people who go fast think there's a rainbow with a pot of gold. Like, if I do this, then life will be better, I'll hurt less, I'll have a better job, my mother will like me more, etc. That's usually the hidden thinking. A lot of people are very unaware of it. But if I get through this class then I can get back to my life. It's not a class, and you will never get back to your life. What you will be doing is creating a new life, and ultimately that might change everything in your current life. But that's not really your business, because that will be handled by your higher power. Your business is learning to brush your teeth every day learning to eat well every meal. Like, what do I want? What do I feel like? Do I really need a cookie? Maybe you do. Maybe you had a rough day. You're off sugar. But you need a cookie today. Have a cookie. Because you know you won't get addicted to sugar eating one cookie because you've done some work and you're confident in your strength in that area. Or that if you do get addicted to cookies, you know enough and have enough resources to call people for support, to get you off cookies for the 10th time. Recovery is not gonna get you back to anything. It's gonna change your whole life. For me, it's for the better. But in the beginning, it often will not feel like that. Think about, um, probably heard of more kidnapping stories, you know, where someone is held in someone's backyard for 11 years and raped and whatever, and Stockholm Syndrome. You probably know more about that than, say, being a prisoner of war or being immersed, to say, in the cult of the military. And I call it a cult because it's all immersing. I'm not saying that the military brainwashes people. Everything brainwashes us, by the way. <laughs> Capitalism, socialism, feminism, shopping, ads, everything can affect us like brainwashing. But if you think of these people who have been captured and thought programmed and all the compassion you have for the years is going to take them not to get back to normal, they will never be normal again, but to rebuild their life and move forward to have a quality of life that is spectacular. We have so much compassion and feeling for those journeys. But if you're coming out of a dysfunctional family, that's your journey also. You were held captive, you're a child, can't get away, and you were programmed through behaviors, through psychological programming. You were handed the culture of your family And getting out of that means potential loss of lots of relationships, not always, but sometimes. And it means, come on Pia, good girl. It means building a really new life for yourself. And that doesn't mean, when I say it's going to take years, that doesn't mean that while it's taking years, you're sitting there suffering. No. <laughs> it means while it's taking years, each year, each week, each day, it's going to get better. And it does get better. And when you, quote, get there, it's more like you noticing how good life is. Come on, P. Yeah, good girl. So instead of getting there, you notice you have arrived. It's like, wow, I used to spin out for two months on this, and now I had a bad hour. Or a comment like that in the past would have just decimated me, and now I'm angry. That's when you notice you have arrived. The arriving is in a new lifestyle not a new set of answers, because answers are fluid all the time. The path of the Tao, the way of the Tao, the most esteemed element sorry, cement mixer going on here. The most esteemed element is water, because water can take any shape, and yet It can be a monstrous force, a tsunami, ice that freezes and expands and cracks a boulder loose and sends it down the mountain. It can also be almost invisible, silent drips, seeping moisture, dew, kissing flowers in the morning. Everything in the Tao that is considered sacred and a model has to do with resiliency. The willow tree, the wood of the willow tree is considered sacred because the willow tree can be flattened horizontally in a storm, does not break, and comes back upright. This is the model that I work with, not New Age, not Judeo-Christian based, not positive thinking. It's the embracing of a way of living. A way does not have solid answers. It has more of a process. Handing it over to spirit. Letting it go. Now before you hand it over, you have to know what you're handing over. So you have to feel it. (laughs) You have to get it. Handing it over without doing that work, we call it spiritual bypassing. Don't worry, it's all good, it all work out the way it's supposed to be. And in the meantime, you're depressed or afraid or angry. Starting to be honest with yourself is a gruesome process. Even with a support group, a teacher, a healer, a therapist, you will find yourself so ashamed of who you are or perhaps so ashamed of what you've done. Pia, no street. Stay there, stay. All right, come, come. Good girl. But any kind of healing is gruesome. If you've had your leg broken, going back to physical therapy, putting weight back on it, it's gruesome. Usually physical healing is easier because at some point, It's very clear when you've gotten better. Emotional and spiritual healing is a little trickier that way. Especially if you're trying to heal while living in the midst of a lot of dysfunction. But still that can be done. You take a 12-step program like Al-Anon, it's for people who have alcoholics in their family, whether it's their children, husband, wife,
1: mother, father,
0: and learning how to live with that and still build your own life, hold your ground, and not get pulled into that dysfunction. Some people live with alcoholics and they can't get away. They don't have the money, they don't have the resources, or they love the person. They really love them, even though they're an alcoholic and they're cuckoo. So when you think of giving up on yourself, remember Al-Anon, remember you're a prisoner of war. Take your time, have compassion, understand you're going to hit a period of not knowing. For later on in life, that is a relief, like I don't know, spirit will figure it out. In the beginning though, it feels like not only am I in pain and ashamed. shame. I'm stupid. I make the wrong decision. I don't know how to figure this out. And my answer to that is you're right. You don't know how to figure it out. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It means you don't know. That's different. I don't mean to discourage you with these kind of talks. But I'm really so profoundly disturbed by the current New Age culture and toxic positivity and just get over it thinking so much damage is done When you start doing this work hard as it is the quality of life dramatically changes for the better pretty quickly what happens is you also see how much more work there could be done so balancing out progress with yes there's more i can do keeping that in perspective makes the journey start to have payback almost immediately even little things like you finally admit something you finally get angry, you finally admit you're depressed, or you don't love your wife or your husband or your kids, you will immediately notice a difference in your energy. And it may only last for a day or two, but that should also give you some hope and some motivation that every drop in the bucket changes everything. I hope this helps. See you at Life Path Healings.